Oh, hello. Fancy seeing you here on a Monday morning, but glad you could join us. Welcome to Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Each week, we will be interviewing local, regional, and national business leaders to give you an inside peek into how they lead their businesses to success in an ever-competitive business climate. So pour yourself a hot cup and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Monday Morning Coffee with Inside the Firm. Today, I have a very special guest all the way from Georgia. Her name is Shante Golson, and she is the owner and operator of Purpose Community Therapeutic Services. Uh, She services children, adolescents, and adults through therapeutic services. She specializes in depression, anger, behavioral problems, relationships, breakups, and assesses depression inventory, ADHD, and anger management evaluations for adolescent adults and more. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for reaching out. Um, so t- how about, let's, let's kick this off with, tell us about how you became into being a small business owner. Well, um, I've already always had an entrepreneur hat, even as a, a young lad. And so my particular focus was on harvesting uh, my particular gifts and skills that I noticed as a young person due to uh, the practicality of people coming to talk to me and and for me to listen to their problems, yet I'm a kid and they are an adult. Uh, So I've always been wise for my age, but on the flip side, I've always had a business and organization skill set. So with that being said, I included both of those particular matters. I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew that I wanted to be a helper. Uh, for people as well, to help them to have mental wellness, peak performance, energy, and just to help them to navigate through the waters of life. And so those two merged together, became the marriage of the company, Purpose Community Therapeutic Services, as well as our foundation, and to include our coaching business, which is Shantae Golston International. Yeah, tell us a little bit, tell me a little bit more about what the company I didn't mention, and I apologize for that. Uh, which one, which one came first? Um, or did they kind of coalesce at the same time? Well, Purpose Community Therapeutic Services came first and I scaled that business probably within two to three years of opening it to four locations in the state of Georgia. Oh, wow. That's incredible. And you started this, this is all by yourself. You just one person and then just, just grew it from there, huh? Yes. What's, do you have any, what, do you have a background then in psychology or, you know, therapy? Where did that come from? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a psychiatric uh, therapist or some people call us shrink. Some people call us psychotherapists. So I have a, I'm a state board licensed uh, professional counselor in which I provide services under the uh, mental health umbrella as a medical provider. Beautiful. What, what are some of the challenges and triumphs that you had um, now as a successful business owner, obviously, with, with four, with, you know, you, you, you've, you've obviously grown your businesses, which, which is always great. But when you started them up, like, what are some of the things that you went through that maybe if you could share with us and, and the audience that they could then avoid possibly just by hearing it through you? Mm-hmm. One of the key components, I believe, is operations. Making sure that your operations is connected with your ongoing goal, not just where you are at that moment, but where you're planning to go. So it's very important. I teach a lot of my uh, executives and my business uh, owners as their coach. I teach them the understanding that you are not where you are right now. 
And so you want to look ahead. And so in order for you to look ahead, you must put every chess piece in place. You cannot put a person who is inefficient, who is just now learning, who does not understand the course of action of where you're going because your right-hand man or right-hand woman has to be someone that is in tune with you, your thoughts, your feelings, knowing your next step. And so some people will say, well, how would this individual know me just like that? Well, there are certain key characteristics that you look for in an individual when you're hiring. Okay, so first of all, you hire based on your need. You don't hire based on what you're good at. Right? Oh, I 100%. Even with a business partner, I have a business partner. And that's one of the things we tout all the time is that he he fills the gaps that I don't, he he has the skills, whatever skills I don't have, he he fills those. And and sometimes we we trade places in that, in that Mm -hmm. respect too. Do you, are you, do you also provide that where are you helping, um, maybe new business owners ever if their partners kind of work through that or find somebody else is, is there, is, do you offer those sort of things um, to coach people? Because I think that's a hard, that's a hard, I think that is something that people don't realize right away if they're going to go start a business or even start to hire people of what, what they're really looking for. Mm-hmm. Yes. I have, uh, I have service people who are aspiring business owners and new business Uh, owners as well and helping them to understand the key components of what they need to put into their business at different levels. So, so yes, and key partnership is kind of just like, like a marriage. We don't look at it that way, but if you are married, you understand that communication is the key. That's the first and the foremost ultimate bulletproof uh, weapon you have. And if you can communicate, you can get through anything being assertive. So assertive communication is the highest form of communication. And we know that communication is verbal and nonverbal. So when we look at partnerships in, inside of the business, we have to be on the same page. We have to have the same goals as if we were in our personal marriage. We have to have the same uh, um aspirations and so how do we know we have the same we communicate we dialogue and there's an effective way again to dialogue and that's assertive communication that's me sharing in a good calm voice how i am feeling about a certain thing that would give me the higher ratio to complete the transaction of communication from one brain message to the other Um, rather in other forms of communication aggressive Uh, passive aggressive and passive are means that keeps us from communicating effectively. If I put it in layman's terms, if we use assertive communication, we can get closer to resolving the issue real fast. If we utilize those other methods, we're going to have a lot of bump in the roads and barriers that we can't cross over because we're not hearing one another. And a lot of times we close ears to the person who makes us feel like we need to be defensive. If you are saying you, you're, you're the problem, that person is closing you, tuning you out already. What's better language? What is the better, what is the better, instead of saying those things, what is the best language? What is it? What are some other examples of language that people could use to disarm them? Because I feel like what you're describing is you're helping, you're helping them put up walls almost immediately, right? And then they're starting to push back. 
Yeah. So we, the, so the language, the effective language is called assertive communication. And I provide a formula or a sentence structure that helps people to understand how do I practice? How does this become my second nature? So we must first understand that consistent practice is the key. This is not something we were born with. We didn't hear our parents talking this way. And the first couple of times it's, it sounds weird and feel weird, but you get a greater return in the communication because of your other partner's uh, defense is not up. They're, they're willing to hear you. They're willing to understand you. And then they also uh, can exchange what they need as well. So this formula is called I statement. And it simply says that I feel blank when blank does or says blank. Mm -hmm. So I feel worried when my husband excessively spends every paycheck because it could put me back into the mindset of a failing business. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's spot on. No, no, that's a, I, I actually recently um, did a little bit of therapy because of the, the COVID situation. Um, it's just, it was, it was, it, it, it really, a lot of, a bunch of different people affected, it was affected them in, in a bunch of different ways. And I, I think, you know, having isolation and then all of a sudden you and your spouse are always on top of each other. We have four kids. So we had to work through the things ourselves. And that was one of the things our ther my therapist told me was it's not using that kind of language is much more important. Just being assertive and explaining how something makes you feel. I feel this way because um, of what you said and uh, you know, working it out is much better. So disarming those people I think is, is super important. Um, right. What, when, it, when it comes to uh, COVID and everything, every, you know, the economy kind of taking crap, so to speak, and we're looking at some rough times ahead, have you had any experience coaching business owners from a mental health standpoint due to this and, and worrying, and, and how are you tackling that? Yeah, I have a, uh, some executives that contact me, and we are maneuvering through the waters of, of how we can expand or pivot our mindset, our perspective regarding COVID, how I teach them that while this is different from what we understand and what we expect, we can use this idle time, this, this different time to pivot ourselves. This is the time of study. This is the time of putting pieces together. And so when we see that the world changed back, if it does, and, we, and I'm believing that it is, then we can put our mark on the world because we're more prepared. So, you know, I help them to understand the perspective here. This is a time to rearrange some things. This is time to look at your operations, look at your business, look at this, that, and the other, and start studying up. Because a lot of times business owners fail to really understand the minimal and the maximal power of knowledge within their business. That's right. why mentorship and coaching is very important to those who already have went there. Yeah. No, downtime is great. I mean, it's even just to do the simple stuff of look at your books. That was one of the first things we did. We had been so busy and we had just been, I mean, making a lot of money and yeah. a, lot of, a lot of revenue because it was such a good economy for a while. And then all of a sudden when the break started to get put on it, it was like, oh, okay, well, now we got a little bit of downtime. Like maybe we should look at exactly where all, all of the money is going. So sort of mm -hmm. re, retooling everything, right? Um, awesome. Very cool. What, what about, uh, <clears throat> tell me about um, 
your, your simple proven tool that has helped you rescue, rescue yourself and some clients? Absolutely. About uh, three and a half, four years ago, I totally hit rock bottom, right? So all of the success that I've had, I'm only one person, only a certain level of energy, only a, self, a certain amount of hours in a day. And so I have always been a go-getter. And with that being stated, uh, my servicing people refuse me. But while it never affected me from a, a larger scale, it started to affect me when I had something else, a trigger, a stimuli added to the picture. Mm. And that was a heartbreak. That was a breakup from mm -hmm. a point that I thought I was getting ready to get married. And from a woman's perspective, maybe men too, you know, when you are at a certain place and pieces are being collectively added to the lifestyle that you desire, and when it's taken from you, it does something really uh, bad to your emotions. And so, you know, I grieve indirectly. Um, I still went for a while, but I slowly started being that that, you know, I think I can, I think I can. To the point that it caused mental exhaustion that led to burnout, that caused me to lose a lot of revenue, caused me to have low energy, caused me not even to be interested in the business that I build with sweat, tears, and the list goes on. Mm -hmm. So with that being stated, I realized in the recovery process, that if I would have had certain techniques that I developed afterwards, I think I could have, or a matter of fact, I know I could have, survived better, more. My, the impact of my business would not have been touched as much. Because when you're in the mental stage, I'll just call it what it is, you get to the point that you don't care. The responsibilities that you once were, uh, you highlighted, you, you had a thrill of ensuring that you had everything together, that becomes a, a lost cause at, in that particular arena. What were the tools, what are the tools you learned from that experience? And if there, is there like a one, two, three you could give everybody of, of, if they start to feel that way? Because everybody's going to have this at some point, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, any kind of big breakup, you know what I mean? It could be, it could be a familial yeah. breakup or a personal breakup or you lose a house, who knows, get in a car wreck. Right. You know, there's going to be that right. kind of, that kind of deep, deep dive. So how did you right. pull yourself out? Is there just like a, a set of steps? There are a set of steps and I do have a, a coaching program that I do um, provide those steps, but I'll tell you what, what is needed to recognize first. You need to recognize the red flags. That's what you need to recognize, the, the pre-exhaustion stage where you're, you're becoming more stressed, your body is being affected, headaches, back pain, uh, things are changing in your sleep, you're constantly worried. You need to pay attention to those particular things before they heighten or increase into the next stages. But one of the things that I developed that I wish I would have uh, implemented early is something that's called the order of organization. And what that is, is a time management system that I put in place five short steps that would help you to know and to navigate throughout your day to maintain levels of energy. 
we have something in, uh, in our brain called the executive brain. And the executive brain has a lot of functions. But one of the functions that we don't know much of if you're not in the, the medical field is that its job is to suppress pain, hurt, fear, trauma, the list goes on and on. And so if your brain has this long list of things that it has to protect you from 24 hours in the day, guess what? That list takes up a large number of the space that it would use for your peak performance, right? For that time, for that decisiveness, for that uh, that memory, for that energy, for that getting things done, for organization. So think about it. If your executive brain is suppressing 70% 70, 70 of issues, 30, it's only, it only has 30 to work with. Look how much you're missing out on the ability to be your best at all times. And so I really stress energy levels. That's what I really stress. A lot of people may go and say, are you talking about the gym? Are you talking about working out? That is a part of it. But, but I'm not talking largely about that. I'm talking about keeping yourself resilient to emotional impacts in your business, in your leadership department. That's what I'm talking about. Do you find it's easier? Do you find the way to maintain that and, and keep to, to reduce that list is, is it either therapy and getting it out to people in, in that avenue, or is it just you mentally addressing it and, and, uh, you know, looking at it and, and, and facing it, you know? Yeah. 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 You know, I, you, you can't conquer what you don't confront. Mm-hmm. So if you're utilizing this, the, the technique that I developed, the order of organization, you are first and foremost setting yourself up to be a winner and accomplished. When you feel accomplished, guess what? You want to do some more, right? Because you like that, that feelings of accomplishment, which reinforces doing it again and doing it again. So this order of organization is a dynamic that says, hey, Let's write down all the things that we need to do for the day or for the week or et cetera, but we're going to keep it simple and safe for the day. Let's write down everything. It can include personal life, business, community, et cetera. Let's write down everything we have to do. Let's then identify categories for these tasks, household, uh, volunteer, work, just whatever, children, whatever. So then we say, okay, here are our categories according to the list that we have. Now what we're going to do is we're going to put these items inside of their proper category, all right? But we got to make sure that we're calling things appropriate, all right? So with that being stated, then the, the flow happens where we are now adjusting the order of everything that we have to do. How do we do that? There are a couple of ways here. But one of the ways that I'll expound on today is we will put, we will look at one category. We'll do it throughout, but we'll focus on one. And we're going to put a time frame that we feel like we can complete this task from start to finish. So if going to the mailbox takes five minutes, then I'm going to put five minutes. Okay? If completing a report is going to take me 25 minutes. I'm going to put 25 minutes. The list goes on and on and on until you're finished with all the categories. Now, what you do now is you say, okay, 
I am going to take the shortest time task and I'm going to do that first. All right? Because as soon as I get rid of a simple and easier task, number one, it gives me more opportunity in my day. Number two, I feel accomplished and I want to feel accomplished again. So now I may have another task that's 10 minutes. I'm going to tackle that. The next task, it may be 20 minutes. I'm going to tackle that. You may have multiple things on your list that can, all, that can go all the way up individually to two hours, three hours, five hours. The list go on and on. Right? So with this being said, that's one, that's one myth. Yeah, I love that. The reason why I love that, I mean, for me, it, gets me a, it kind of gives me a little bit of anxiety because I – I, I struggle to write everything down, but I thought about like, okay, what is the analogy in my life? So I am stress-free at the end of the day if I get through, if I can unstar all of my emails, but there's at least, but it is a list and I, and I can go, okay, I'm done. So like after this, we get done with this podcast, we're doing it on a Friday, I'm going to finish my emails, I'm going to go home and have a glass of wine. That's my reward for finishing all of those things. I love that idea that you got to run right through it too. Um, and then one other thing too is let's talk about burnout recovery. Um, it, and if you're lazier, you're just burned out because a lot of business owners, you know what it's like to get it off the ground. It takes so much work. And so, so much work that sometimes I think you can burn yourself out and then it leads to, you don't want to do anything. Kind of what you were talking about earlier. How do you, how do you coach and help people out with that? Well, first and foremost, I help them to identify their triggers and their barriers. Again, remember I said, you cannot conquer what you don't confront. And so if you know what's in your way, that's half of the battle. Then I teach principles and practicalities with, uh, concerning strategies of, to imp implement every single day that will make these things easier and easier. So the process of burnout recovery really starts off clearly understanding what's in the way. What are my barriers, okay? So why do I avoid 10 o'clock in the morning at work. Mm. What's the deal with that? What's yep. going on? Why do I join in at 10 o'clock? What's happening? So we, we identify those particular things because we got to realize first and foremost, we are business owners and we are leaders, but we are people. Mm -hmm. And you're not exempt from the world and all of these particular things that causes triggers. So whatever, what are my triggers? What are my uh, obstacles, my barriers? Let me tackle those. Let me understand the root cause of those. Let me understand the confirming beliefs of those. Okay? So the confirming beliefs are the things that I do, I say, I think, I interpret that's built upon that root cause, what I'm, what I'm thinking or what's going on. So we go through a lot of uh, practicality. Uh, we go through a little, some concepts of therapy as well uh, because I have to help them to understand some things. And then we start putting in those practical things that you can immediately see as you begin to practice so that it can become your conscious and then it can help you to kind of master your particular situation. How do, how do people know when to go to you? You know, I feel like you, or do you find them or, or how does that work? Well, you know, we do advertisement, word of mouth, things of that particular sort. But ultimately, yeah, there is a system there because a lot of people feel like they're not burned out. Right. 
<laughs> uh, and, and a lot of executives and business owners, and I'll go ahead and just put it out there, are prideful. I can't let anybody know that I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. I can't let anybody know that I, I have anxiety and I can't. So a lot of pride gets in the way. So it is only when they realize they need help is really when I can help them. I can't go knock on everybody's door. If I could, I would. Because I really have a heart to help people heal. Oh, absolutely. You, you, uh, you're, I mean, when you first started talking, when you first started interviewing, like I, to- I got the sense and it just makes sense. You, you, for you to do this kind of service and to grow it, you really have to have a passion for it. I mean, it's got to be deep in your soul. I have to imagine that. I'm, I'm, if I'm putting words in your mouth, I apologize, but that, that's what it seems like to me. So, and I would encourage anybody else who is listening to, you got to get rid of that pride. Um, yeah. I, I'm really thankful that, that we did. And I ended up talking to, talking to a therapist for just, just a couple sessions. And there honestly wasn't anything major going on in my life, but it gave me the tools, just like you've been talking about, about how to better, better address situations and be less confrontational because that was a, that's a major problem that I have is that it's you, 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 and it should be, I should be talking about, Hey, this is me. And this is how I feel. Just so you know, that's how that you're making me feel in, in mm-hmm. that way. So, so that's mm-hmm. great. Um, why, why is the mental health wellness of this might sound like a very childish question, but what, tell us why, why is the mental wellness of business owners so important? Oh, lots of reason. Because as strong as you are mentally, it's as strong and prosperous you can be. You know, I, I am in a room with millionaires quite a bit. And one of them told a story which was so profound. And I, I wanted to scream, finally somebody's telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> because he was sharing, he's probably in his mid-50s. He was sharing all these years. He, he built up an accomplished business, obviously. But he said, only until he forgave his father Mm. from childhood Mm. was when the needle began to move and he began to excel in his life personally, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and financially. That's beautiful. That that really hit me because I I had some that the very, very similar thing happened to me with my dad when I was 33. It was, uh, I found my biological dad and then this heavy weight just went away surprisingly. I mean, that was a, that was a, that was a huge difference for me. So, um, one last question I'd like to ask everybody before we kind of sign off is, uh, now that you know, now, now that you know what you do, uh, now, and if you could go back in time when you first started your business or businesses, what advice would you give yourself? I would would give myself the same advice that I'm giving people now. Put order into its proper place at the very beginning and operate from a larger mindset scale versus penny-pinching and hiring people who are not able to move you forward. I love that. Shante, this is a wonderful interview. Thank you so much for reaching out to us. Where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you, maybe access your services and, and get to know you? For burnout recovery or for resilience uh, in their leadership, they can contact me at www.coachshante, uh, that's Charlie, Harry, Apple, Nancy, Tom, Apple, Yo-Yo, dot com forward slash burnout. 
if they want to uh, talk to me about therapy from their family or, you know, perspective or them individually, they can go to chantegolson.com. But I'm all over the, uh, the social media and things that particular sort, especially at uh, Executive Burnout uh, Burnout Recovery Coach on Instagram. So they can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Beautiful. Okay. Well, thanks so much for your time today. And uh, good luck with everything. Thank you for the opportunity. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did... Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on the iTunes app. Tip your barista, and we'll see you next week for more Monday morning coffee with Inside the Firm.